Hey gentlemen, it's Matt Noel here. I wanted to let you know real quickly before you listen to today's episode that throughout this podcast, there's a few very minor audio glitches in my voice. I have no idea why it happened. Again, it is very minor, but I noticed it and it kind of bothered me because I always like to do things with excellence. So I thought I'd let you know real quickly that just work your way through it. It doesn't take away anything from the podcast material. You will still be encouraged and blessed by the content of today's podcast. But there is just a very minor, every now and then, a little audio glitch. It's no big deal. I wanted to let you know. Thank you for listening and have an awesome day. Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective! Well, welcome back, gentlemen, for another episode of the podcast here on the front line. I am glad that you've decided again to join me on the front line. Here we are standing up for Jesus Christ and the things of God. Amen. You and I, the brotherhood, the band of brothers standing together on the front line. Thank you for joining me again today. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope you've had a great day today, wherever and however you are listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. Again, I love hearing from you, the listeners. You can email me standing on the front line at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Instagram and Facebook at The Frontline Man. I'd love to hear from you. I love connecting with the listeners of the podcast. Uh, brothers, men of God who are just in the battle, in the trenches together. Amen. We are in this together, gentlemen. Uh, so here I am in Ontario, Canada. It is November 18th. It's a Friday afternoon. I'm recording. And I'm excited because after I record today's podcast is the very first uh, meeting of the Frontline Prayer, online Zoom Frontline Prayer. Uh, It's a time where listeners of the podcast can join me and we just uh, share burdens with each other. We just talk with each other, share testimonies, and then we pray for each other and we just call upon God together. And I'm excited. That's happening right after I record this podcast today at four o'clock. I do want it to be a weekly thing. So if you're interested in joining the Frontline Prayer online Zoom, uh, I'm I'm planning at this point every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If that interests you, if you want to be uh, a part of that, I got about eight or nine guys joining me today, which I'm thrilled about. I've had great response, so I thank the Lord. 
for the response. So if that interests you, you want to be a part of that, uh, email me, standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Let me know who you are, where you're from, and we can do it uh, together every Friday at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Well, here in Ontario, we have gotten some snow this week. About a week ago, it was like mild 15, 16 degrees Celsius, sunny, wearing shorts and t-shirts still, and now we are into winter, and I'm just singing the song, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, Uh, but it's nice because Christmas is crazy. Christmas is five weeks away. It's insane. We got our Christmas tree up last weekend, but it's not quite decorated yet. Uh, We got all of our lights out, you know, out front. I strung lights on our front bushes and uh, we thought one strand would be enough. But next thing you know, after I got my first strand up, I'm heading back to Walmart to get a second strand of Christmas lights. We got our tree up, but it's not decorated yet Uh, because this week has been a difficult week. My kids are both sick. They have this, uh, whatever, this some sort of virus. It seems to be there's like this respirator, respirator, this respiratory virus going around right now. But there's some sort of respiratory, I think it's like RSV. It means some sort of respiratory virus. It's going around the world right now. It's pretty wild. It's spreading like wildfire everywhere. And it's really uh, going crazy where we live here in Ontario, Canada. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So both of my kids have had that this week. And so our evenings have been a whole lot of nothing. Uh, And so no decorating Christmas trees. And so it's crazy. We saw this week that uh, children's Advil is like out of stock worldwide. Like there's no children's Advil because people, because of how crazy this virus is spreading, uh, everybody's bought all the Advil. They're they're hoarding it like like toilet paper. You know, three years ago, everyone was hoarding toilet paper and and now it's Advil. (laughs) <laughs> what will it be next, right? But you can't find ad- children's Advil anywhere because people are hoarding it. And so we saw in Canada this week on Amazon, uh, children's Advil was 300 bucks. Like, <laughs> so it went from like 899 normal price to 300 bucks if you want children's Advil. I tell you, our world is insane. It's insane. It's going crazy. <laughs> So all the more, gentlemen, we got to stay focused on who we are and what we are all about in this crazy, hectic world full of chaos and sickness and $300 Advil and and just craziness. Stay focused, man. I'm saying that with some humor, but I'm, I'm meaning it. We got to stay focused. We are, we're living in some crazy times right now in our world. And it's important that we just keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. So anyways, <clears throat> so I apologize. My voice is a little raspy today. But on that note, we are going to get to today's uh, topic. All right, already. I think we're just getting started. I started a series last weekend on the podcast. And last weekend was a man's prayer life. And I actually introduced the frontline prayer zoom meeting that we're going to be starting today uh, i announced that on last weekend's podcast and uh, it was all about prayer i'm doing a series on a man's life and just different topics and things that men christian men go through deal with should incorporate all these things into a man's life this week is a man and his work life a man in his work life. Most likely, if you're listening to this podcast, in fact, you might even be listening to this podcast at work. 
I know I'm a big podcast fan. I listen to my podcasts while I work and it gets me through my 10 hour long workday. Uh, but a man and his work life is a very important thing. And it's a very uh, common thing. It's a very serious thing that we all must have as men. Excuse me for one moment. <clears throat> and so if you're listening, you probably are a man who holds down a job. You might love your job. You might hate your job. You might just be like, eh, I have a job, right? That's the reality. For You either love it, you hate it, or you're just like, mm, I have a job. But either way, we need a job because a job provides money and we need money to live on planet Earth. You kind of need a lot of it now <laughs> with $300 children's Advil. But uh, that's just how it is. We, we need money to live, money to survive, money to provide for our families. Well, the reality with men and work We've been called to work as men since the very beginning of time. And in fact, God is our example of work, of work. In Genesis chapter 2, right at the very beginning of, of scriptures, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, so the creation of all the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed by God. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. God finished his work. So he rested from all of his work. God worked. And he is our example. Our first and primary focus, uh, excuse me, example of work ethic is God. He worked. He created all things. That's a big job. That's a really big job, creating all things, all the heavens, all the earth, everything in the earth. It reminds me of a quote. I don't know who said it, but... Uh, you know that quote where it's like when you run into somebody, you know, you're at, you're at a baseball game or at the shopping mall and you run into somebody and you're like, hey, man, hey, how's it going? Haven't seen you forever. What a small world. Well, somebody once said, uh, what a small world we live in. I sure wouldn't want to paint it because, yeah, it's small in one degree. Like you run into people, ran, oh, what a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. So anyway, it's a big deal. God created this world and the stars and the planets and everything in it. He worked. And on the seventh day, the Bible says that God rested from all of his work. We read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Speaking of Jesus, Jesus through him, through Jesus, God created everything. Through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and he made the things that we can't see. So there are things that God created. Part of his job, part of his work that he did, he created everything we see. And there, in fact, are things right now that no man has ever seen that God made part of his work such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before all and before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So God made all things, and God right now is holding all things right now together. God is holding everything together, all the planets, all the atmosphere, all the stars, everything in this world, God is holding together. Amen? 
And on the seventh day, he rested from his work. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. God rested from his work. So listen, I want to give you some bonus advice, okay? Here's some bonus advice, things that I've learned the hard way. Make This is simple. I'm making it seem like it's going to be some like out of this world thing. Make sure you have one day off of your work each week. There's seven days in the week. Make sure you have one day off every week. For me, my day off is on Saturdays. I need Saturdays off work. Uh, Before, I used to do all my podcast work, all my sermon prep work for my preaching ministry, for my church uh, pastoral ministry. Uh, I used to do a lot of it on Saturdays. All my podcast interviews I've done, Saturdays. And then Sunday is full of church ministry. And so that's not really a day off. And so I've learned that I need to have a proper day off. And that day is Saturday. So, and when you say off, it means off because before I'd be like, ah, I'm off because I'm home or I'm with my family. I might be physically present, but not mentally present because I'm thinking of everything I have to do. We all need a day off from our work. That's super important. So if you don't have that, make sure you do that. So God has called men to work with one day off. (laughs) He's called us to be men who work. Right from the beginning, God has called man to work and to work hard. God created Adam. Adam was the very first human that God ever created. And immediately God gives him a job. He's like, welcome to my planet. Welcome to my earth. Here is a job for you to do. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. Did you hear that? The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. God hired Adam, the first man, to be a farmer. Farmer Adam, his job was to take care of the land, take care of the trees, work the soil, prune the trees, cut the grass, take care of the plants. And God also called him, aside from being a farmer, he called him to name all the animals. God made all of the animals and and God gave the job to Adam to name all the animals. What an amazing job that would be. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19 to 20. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. God gave Adam such a stinking awesome job. I want you to take these animals that I created and I want you to give them all a name. Whatever you choose, that's what they're going to be called. You know, this one's called a platypus. (laughs) right? There's a crazy name, right? Adam named the animals. So the Bible says the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. What an amazing job. But it was Adam's job. God gave Adam a job to do, work to do. He didn't just create man and say, veg out, eat what you want, lazy around, do whatever you want, get fat, be lazy, you know, drink and be merry. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to give you work to do. Work is from God. Work honors God. Work is of God. Work is of the Lord. And he desires and has called every man to be a hardworking man for the glory of God. Amen.
So working a job is of the Lord. Working a job is honoring to God. Working a job is God's will for your life. And working a job is, listen, the primary way that God provides your needs. Let me say it again. Working a job. Yeah, you working a job is the primary way that God provides your needs. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all of your might. Whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all of your might. Whatever job you do, do it to the glory of God with all of your strength, with all of your, you know, integrity. Whatever your hand finds to do, whatever work you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is, do it with all of your might. Listen to Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, right? Work at it. Whatever job you work, do it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Listen, yeah, you got a boss, you got a supervisor, you know, you want to honor them. You're working in in one degree, obviously respectfully for them, but ultimately as Christians, you are working for the Lord. And God's like, whatever you do, whatever job you hold down, whatever grind, nine to five grind you do, and you call it your job, work at that job with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. It is Jesus Christ that you are serving. And again, it doesn't matter what type of work it is. It doesn't matter. Do it with all your heart. Do it with excellence. Don't just get by. Don't be one of those workers that just clocks in and just gets through the day. You're not putting any, you know, hard work. You're not trying to make your work life better. You're not trying to lean up your your work environment, clean it up, get it better, improve things in your work environment. You're not trying to honor your customers, honor your coworkers. You know, you're not working with integrity. You're just getting through your day and just however the job looks at the end of the day, fine. It is what it is. I don't care. I'm punching in, punching no, don't do that. That does not represent Jesus well. That does, that's not how a Christian man should work. Our work ethic should be of excellence as unto the Lord. You are working for Jesus. Amen. So when it comes to a man's work life, we use our gifts, we use our abilities, we recognize our capabilities, and we use those things to work a job. That's what we do. Now, maybe in that process, we gain education to find a job that interests us. You know, you might have to study in college or university for some years to get yourself a diploma, a degree, uh, you know, whatever it is to get the job, pursue the job that you want to pursue. Maybe you want to learn a skilled trade like plumbing or electrical or HVAC or carpentry, right? Maybe you start up your own business, an online business or whatever it looks like. This is all different types of work. We have options for these things, right? God has given you a free will. He's given you a brain. He's given you different talents and abilities. So take those things and apply them to work. However it looks, apply them to work and to work hard. Amen. But you have options. And I want to just remind you, if you are unaware of this next statement, gentlemen, I want to remind you that playing video game tournaments on your Xbox in your mom's basement, eating, you know, frozen pizza and drinking Slurpees from 7-Eleven, that is not a job. 
That's not a job. And you might say, well, Matt, I'm really good at it. I'm working at it with all of my might. My hand is finding me playing video games and I'm doing it with all my white. It's all my might. It's biblical, Matt. I'm honoring God. I'm following the scriptures in doing what I'm doing here. It's not a job. Okay. You're being lazy. That is not a job. Okay. Unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of men, they don't want to work because they are lazy. They are lazy. There are a lot of lazy men in our world. I don't want to be a lazy man. I don't want you to be a lazy man. You don't want to be a lazy man. Your wife does not want you to be a lazy man. Your kids don't want you to be a lazy man. God does not want you to be a lazy man. You do not want to represent laziness in your life. Get up off your couch, off your bed, get your shoes on, go out and find a job that you can work to honor God and provide for your family. Amen. So, some men don't want to because they're lazy. They stay up late watching TV, playing Xbox, like I said already, eating cheesies, you know, drinking their soda pop. They sleep in the next morning or rather the next day. They sleep in until two or three in the afternoon. They live after waking up in the afternoon. They live in their pajamas and they rely on everybody else to work for them. That is actually something that lazy men do. They rely on everybody else to work for them. And they feel entitled just to lazy around and not work hard. That does not honor God. That is not cool for any man. It's being lazy. Get a job. Get a job so that you can have an honorable work life as part of being a man of God. Listen to some scriptures here about laziness, okay? The book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. The book of Proverbs doesn't primarily offer promises from God, but they are more so uh, principles that we can apply with wisdom in our lives and in they will come to pass for us, okay? They're not primarily promises. They are principles of wisdom that we should apply to our lives. So Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, lazy hands make for poverty. You want to be lazy? You can expect poverty. But diligent hands bring wealth. You want to be lazy? You want to sleep in? You don't want to get a job? You're, you don't want to go to work and punch in and punch out and all that stuff? Well, you can expect poverty to be in your future, according to Proverbs. But diligent hands, hands at work, you know, your, your blisters, you're getting uh, slivers from woodworking, you're, you're, you're getting calluses from working hard with your hands. That's an honorable thing. Diligent hands bring wealth. Maybe not millions, maybe not even being rich as far as what is defined as rich now, but you're going you're gonna to have money. You're going to prosper. You're going to do well for yourself. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Notice God is saying those who work the land, you got to work. You got to do something. You know, get your get your sleeves rolled up. Get your hands dirty. You know, get yourself in the mud. Work the land. Then you are going to reap a harvest. But those who chase fantasies, you know, they get up and, just, oh, my breakthrough is going to come. How? Just by doing nothing? Yeah, it's just, I, I feel it. I, I feel, thus says the Lord in my life, that if I just sit around being lazy and doing nothing with my life, that one day a breakthrough is going to come. It's 
it's a fantasy. You're chasing fantasies. You, you're you're you have no sense. You have no sense. The Bible says, Proverbs chapter thirteen verse four: A sluggard's appetite or a lazy man's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent or hard worker. The hardworking man, the desires of him are fully satisfied. You work hard. You work 40 hours, 50 hours a week. You earn a paycheck. You you buy some good food to cook up. You enjoy a meal out. You enjoy. You're satisfied. Your desire is fulfilled at the the hard work of your labor. Amen? Beautiful. Nothing like a great meal. I, I worked hard and now I enjoy this beautiful food in my fridge. I'm blessed. God, thank you. I'm grateful. My hard work, it's the reaping the benefits of my hard work. It honors the Lord. But lazy people, they don't experience that. But yet they expect everybody else to give it to them and provide for them. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. All hard work brings a, po- a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Right? You can talk all you want. Yeah, I got all these plans. I got all these goals, all these ambitions and stuff. But man, when the rubber hits the road, you got to work. You got to work hard to bring a profit in. So laziness is not God's will. Laziness is not cool for any of us. It is not cool. Listen to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Do you hear that? Those who are unwilling to work will not get to eat. Some men are unwilling to work. They could. They could work if they chose to. They they could work if they just apply at some jobs. They could work. They could physically work. They could mentally work. They are able to work, but they are unwilling to work because they are lazy. And the Bible says that they are, those who are unwilling to work will not get to eat. And yet these people, they still expect to prosper. They still expect to prosper at at the work of everybody else around them. And God says, you don't work, you don't eat. So listen to me. Maybe right now you don't have a job currently, and maybe it's really a burden to you. Maybe it's really causing a lot of stress and pressure in your life, in your marriage, in your family. If that's you, my heart goes out to you. It really does. And I want to encourage you that God's going to come through for you. If you, if your heart is right before him, you're willing to find a job, you're w- willing to work a job, even if it is a job you don't want to work, but it's going to provide for your family right now, maybe for in the meantime, for a short period of time, right? Maybe that's you right now. But if you don't have a job right now, your job right now, and I say this with love and encouragement, your job right now is to look for a job. That's your job. So you get up every morning and your job is to find a job. And so I encourage you, maybe you're doing that. Nothing's opened up, Matt. Come on, I'm trying. Come on. I understand. Keep going. Something will open up. The Bible teaches that if we ask, we he, he will it will be given. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, the door shall be opened unto us. That's how it works. That's how the kingdom of God works. That's how it works as followers of Jesus Christ. We seek and then we find. Gentlemen, I encourage you, your job right now is to find a job right now. And God will provide. That reminds me of a, a joke. There's a, a comedian, Michael Jr. Uh, he said, uh, yeah, growing up, you know, when I first became a Christian, my my favorite book of the Bible, because I needed one. 
<laughs> and of course, there's no book in the Bible called Job, but there is a book called Job, and it's spelled J-O-B, like Job. And so he he's like, my favorite book. I don't know. I like that one because I need one. It's Job because I need one. <laughs> Anyways, I find that hilarious. But my encouragement, keep handing those resumes out. Keep making those phone calls, gentlemen. Start anywhere, work anywhere, do whatever you can do to get some honest work that you can see some provision coming in. God will honor you for that and your wife will respect you and your kids will respect you for it. It may not be the job that you are desiring, but God will honor you for it. We wanna be men who work. Amen. And sometimes you got to work a, a job, an entry level job to get to that top, that top position in the company. That's how it starts, right? It doesn't just come where it's like, you know, here's the, the, here's the CEO position. No, no. You got to start by sweeping the floors. You get my point, right? Start small, trust God. And God is the God who promotes. God loves to exalt those who are humble before him, but he wants to see us that we are willing to work, not unwilling to work in laziness. We want to honor God with our work life, amen? Here's something I believe. I believe that every man at night, when they are ready to go to bed, they should be exhausted from their day of working. Not just their nine to five, not just their seven to five, like my shift is, you know, you get home, you're tired, you've been on your feet all day long, you've been in the office all day long, whatever kind of work you do, you're tired. You've worked a long, honest, hard day at work. You've earned your pay. Man, God is pleased. You can, you can be, you're a respectful man. Doesn't matter what job it is. Doesn't matter where it is. Doesn't matter what your hourly wage is, your salary is. You've worked an honest day of work. You are tired at night. But now your real job begins because now you're a husband to your wife. She needs your time. She needs your availability. She needs your help around the home. Your kids are there. Maybe they need help with homework. They need a listening ear. They need some fatherly wisdom an example. They need some fun. They need time with dad, right? That's your real job. By the time you're in bed at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, you are completely exhausted. That is how it should be. If you are a man who is truly doing the work that God requires and wants for you and for me, amen? We want to be exhausted every time we hop into bed. Now, I also want to say this, maybe right now I mentioned this, that you're out of work and you're trying to find work. You're not giving into laziness. Keep on keeping on. I know I've mentioned that already, but I want you to understand I'm not shaming you. There's no condemnation towards you in any way at all if you are just having a hard time landing a job. And I also want to say maybe right now you can't work. Maybe physically you can't hold down a job because of an injury, because of a disability. Maybe mentally you're going through some things where you just, you can't work right now. I want you to understand that there's no shame towards that at all. There's no shame towards that at all. But just do what you can. Just do what you can regarding work, honoring God and whatever you do, do it with all your heart, with all your might as unto the Lord. Amen. As unto Jesus. We read in the Bible, you know, men in the, men in the scriptures, this is a Christian men's podcast. So you'll see men in the Bible and they were very hardworking men. As I get a sip of my coffee, Acts chapter 18, verse 3, tells us that Paul, the apostle, he wrote most books of the New Testament. Paul, he made tents as a source of money, as a, as a, as a, a job. He worked making 
tents. He was a tent maker. He didn't use some high-tech sewing machine. I don't know how they would do it. Some sort of string of some sort <laughs> with, with probably leather of an animal hide. And they made tents. Paul was a tent maker. Andrew, Peter, James, and John, they were all fishermen, right? James and John, they were the, 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 the sons of Zebedee. And they, it seems that they had a family fishing business with their father, Zebedee, in the Bible. Listen to um, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. One day, as Jesus was standing of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats and the one belonging to Simon Peter and asked him to put out a little more from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Peter, put out put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And listen to what Simon Peter answered. Master, we've worked hard all night long. Fishing at that time especially was not easy work. He's like, Master, we fished all night long and we caught nothing. But because you tell me to launch out again, I will do it. And of course, if you know that story, they caught such a big load. They needed multiple boats and multiple men to pull in the load. But the point of that is, is that Peter and the fishermen, the the disciples of Jesus who were working hard jobs, honest jobs, it it was hard work. They were hard working men toiling all night just to provide for their families. Thomas and Nathaniel and Philip were also most likely fishermen because they were around uh, the other disciples while they were fishing. Matthew, he worked as a tax collector for the Roman government, and he was hated by most people because he was working for the Romans as a tax collector, ripping people off of their money. But nonetheless, he was working, right? Judas, of course, we know Judas betrayed uh, Jesus and then killed himself. But Judas, in his time of walking with Jesus as a disciple, he served as the treasurer. He he held responsibility for the money and for the funds within the ministry of Jesus and the disciples. It's also stated in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14 of Luke. Uh, Luke, the, the man who wrote the book of Luke, you know, St. Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts. He's known to be a doctor. He was a, a physician, a doctor. Luke. All these men had jobs. All these men worked hard. And Jesus also worked hard. Jesus didn't just walk around preaching, although preaching is hard work. They say when you preach a message that after you're done preaching that, you know, 45 minute message, whatever it is, it's like you've worked an eight hour day. And because I'm a preacher, I know full well that is true. I always look forward to my afternoon nap after preaching. I'm exhausted. But Jesus also worked. In Mark chapter six, we read that the Bible tells us that he was a carpenter. He worked with his hands. Some define that word in, in the original text as a handyman. He Jesus worked with his hands, potentially with woodworking. He was a carpenter. So listen, gentlemen, the diligent, faithful, hard work of a man pleases God. It pleases God. And again, it doesn't matter what kind of job you hold. You might be comparing your job to somebody else's job that you know of. You don't want to do that. Your job is your job. Do it as unto the Lord. For me, I'm 40 years old. 
I've been married years next year. I have two kids. God's always provided our needs. We've never been rich. We are blessed. We have everything that we need, and I'm very content and grateful to God for everything that he's provided for me, and he's used my work as the main source of provision for my family. My wife also works part-time, which is a tremendous blessing. And But growing up when my kids were younger, my wife was a stay-at-home mom, and we made that sacrifice financially so that she could raise our kids instead of you know any, anybody else. That's what we chose to do. But during that time, it was my job to make sure I had a good job, enough money so that I could have a roof over our head and food in our fridge and clothes on our backs. That was my job, gentlemen, of, of a man. And it doesn't mean a woman cannot work. I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean a lady can't hold down a job either. But I'm saying the primary primary role of a man in his family is he's provider. The Bible teaches in another passage, I forget the reference right now, but if a man doesn't provide for his family, he's worse than an unbeliever. That's some strong language, how God takes a man providing for his family in every area, not just financially, in every area, God takes it very seriously. And so for me, I was 18 years old, I graduated high school, and I didn't know what I exactly what, what I wanted to do. And if I'm honest, I didn't put uh, as much thought as I should have, as much consideration as I should have at that time, but it is what it is. Hindsight, you know, you see things 2020. But anyways, I was 18 years old, so I started just working full-time at a place called TSC Hardware, and they sold like tools and farm equipment and stuff, and I was just working there helping customers, and I I worked there for four months. I think back then I was making like eight bucks an hour, (laughs) like, you know, back whenever that was, like 2000, 2001. And uh, I'm 18 years old. I'm like, I worked there four months. I'm like, this is not for me. I, I could do better than this. And so I just opened up the newspaper and I saw that there was something called uh, a wood finisher's assistant at a place called Countryside Furniture. And I, I called, they called me in for an interview and I got a job there as a wood finisher's assistant. And I didn't really know what it was other than that it had to do with wood and staining wood and putting sealer and lacquer and finishing wood, uh, painting wood, furniture, chairs, tables, buffet and hutches, armoires, dressers, all those types of things. It was actually Mennonite furniture. And this, my job would be to learn how to finish it, do the finishing of it. And so that was going back now, I guess, 22 years when I was 18 years old and an older gentleman took me under his wing and uh, we're walking, (coughs) walking around a finishing shop and there's lots of chemicals and combustible dust and fumes and vapors. And he's walking around with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And I'm like, sir, are you are you sure you should be doing that? Oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, as he walks around staining wood with a cigarette. Anyways, he taught me how to finish wood. And I then began learning the trade of custom wood finishing. And I did not know at that time, but I 
have been doing that job now for 20 years. I had a two-year time frame in the last 22 years of my life where there was a two-year time frame where I tried something else and uh, and then I went back into the trade of wood finishing. It wasn't for me. And uh, so for 20 years of my life now, at the age of 40, I've been doing custom wood finishing and I've seen growth there. We moved to a different city many years ago and I had that on my resume. So it landed me a good job so I could provide for my family with that trade. So I, I, sh- I share all that with you is that I didn't expect to be wood finishing for now 20 years. Now I'm managing the finishing department where I work and uh, and I work on custom samples and I go on site to customers' homes and uh, and it's great. It's always been a great job to provide for my needs, provide for my family's needs and I'm grateful, but I did not expect to be doing this for so long. But God knew, God knew. You see, I had different thoughts of how things would go. I, I've shared it before, but I thought it would be more involved in ministry at this point as a source of income. And I'm still believing for that. I'm still expecting that. I'm still pursuing that. I would love to one day, by the grace of God, I say this by faith and with all sincerity, I would one day love to be full-time podcast ministry for men, where I travel, I do men's conferences and preach, and I would love to do that. And so I'm pursuing that by faith right now, doing what I can with the time that I have. I'm just being transparent and open with you. That's what I would love to do full time. But for now, I'm doing the trade of wood, custom wood finishing that God has provided for me. And it's a source of providing for my family. It's an honest, hardworking job because we want to be men with honest, hardworking lives. We want to have an honest work life. Amen? And again, it doesn't matter what type of job it is. And so as you navigate forward in your job, in your career, in the work that you're doing right now, you need to understand that it is unto the Lord primarily. So let me share some closing thoughts with you. We are called to work so that we can live. We are not living so that we can work. So many people are consumed with their career. It's what they live for. They work, you know, 18, 19 hour days and then they're home and they're on their phone working, 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 trying to close the deal, trying to make the big bucks, you know, trying to please their top dog CEO so they can get the promotion. Kind of sounds like I'm promoting a Hallmark Christmas movie here, right? There's always like a a promotion and a job loss or all these things, a career choice to make. You know, do I become president at the multi-million dollar firm or do I become like an egg farmer and, and meet the man of my dreams on his farm. like (laughs) Again, it doesn't matter what it is, but we are, so many people are living to work. Gentlemen, we don't want to be like that. We, we work so that we can live. We work so that we can provide for our families. We live for Jesus Christ. We don't live for a job. We work a job so that we can live. And if your work is consuming you right now and it, and you're seeing negative results in your marriage, in your family, you need to adjust things. You need to decrease your hours. You need to change your job. If there's bad relationships that you're being involved with, whether it's with an, an, another man, whether it's with another woman, and it's leading you astray on your job, find a new job. You need to get out of that. If your job is consuming you and it's, and it's bringing harm to your family, your marriage, your children, to you. You as a Christian man, you need to get out of it and find a job that won't do that. If you're spending more time focused on your work, on your job, than you are your family or your marriage, that's a problem. 
Are you working intentional overtime hours just simply to make more money? You don't need to, you don't have to, but you are just so that you can get rich. That's not, that's not right. You don't want to fall into that trap. If you don't need to work extra hours, your family needs those extra hours, not your bank account. Does your job prevent you from spending quality time with God or again, your family? Is it preventing you from spending quality time with your wife, with your kids or with God, especially with God? Yes, gentlemen, we want to work hard for our families. Hard work is good for every man, but not at the expense of your family, not at the expense of your marriage, and not at the expense of your walking close to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what kind of work it is. You want to work hard, but you don't want to be consumed with your work. And whatever you are doing as your work, gentlemen, whatever job you are working, do it as unto the Lord. It pleases God, man. I know it gets hard. I know it does. I know it's tiring to wake up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Maybe you work weekends. Maybe you work a night shift. You know, maybe you're just, you're working long hours. I get it. The grind is real. It's tough. It gets tough. But you got to just keep pressing on knowing that God is pleased with your work. He's pleased with your work. And stay honorable. Be, work with integrity, right? Represent Jesus in your work on the job and know that God is pleased and you're honoring God and your wife is grateful and your kids are grateful. Just keep pressing forward, working as unto the Lord one day at a time. So I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that you're strengthened. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And again, if you want to join the frontline prayer, uh, it's probably too late for today because I started in about 45 minutes uh, with the first time today, frontline prayer. But if you want to join next Friday, send me an email, standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Hit me up at Instagram and Facebook at the frontline man. Uh, it's going to be Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Until next time, gentlemen, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for joining me on the front line. We're done here. Time to go. I hope that you were challenged, equipped, and encouraged to remain standing for Jesus, your marriages, your families, and the plans and purposes of God for your life. I am prepared. I'd love to connect with you. Follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at The Frontline Man. Follow me and you're in good company. Watch the podcast on YouTube. Watch it. And also email me questions, comments, or prayer requests at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. I just want to talk. One more thing. If you could please leave me a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, this would really help spread the word of the podcast to other listeners around the world. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. Until next time, gentlemen, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God. We stand ready.